Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Surly Horns Podcast. This is episode number six. We've got a good show for you today. It's the Texas OU. I'm not going to insult Mr. Flem. It's called OU Weekend. Black Lab, what do we got in store for? Uh, well, we got to talk a little bit about last week. K-State um, managed to beat the Arch Wizard uh, in his own house. Um, we'll talk a little bit, and then we'll uh, pick some, some of our favorite posts from a couple different threads, and then uh, we'll tell each tell a couple stories from OU uh, weekends of the past. So I'm really excited for this one. Uh, the, you know, this is one of my favorite weeks. Everybody, uh, you know, I may be an Aggie, but this is definitely one of my favorite games ever. Just period. Uh, to, yeah, to- there's there's nothing quite like it. I've been to you know dozens of non UT games around the country over the years, and this this is just the best best game there is. There's no there's nothing like it. There isn't, you know, I've been to pretty much every major rivalry game. Uh, You know, I've been to the Michigan Ohio state game at Michigan in the big house. It pales in comparison to the electricity that's inside of the cotton bowl and outside of the cotton bowl, just at the fair. Yeah. It's Um, something else. I do want to get to a Georgia Florida game sometime, but I think that's the only one that could even be in the same stratosphere, but the the way the stadium set up and the way the the hatred between the teams and the fan bases it's just there's nothing like it and if you're a a real UT fan you need to and you haven't been you are missing out and I encourage oh, everyone to go the week leading up to it especially in Austin where the OU sucks beer starts popping up in all the bars everybody's just talking shit to nobody about how much OU sucks and how the Gooners have no teeth. Yeah. It's just a great, great feeling here in Austin yeah. right now. What I loved last year was even TxDOT got into it and the signs driving up on I-35 had beat OU on them, um, which I thought was great because, you know, that organization is run by Aggies. And I know they had Giggums on the, the boards last week, but I'm hoping they have the uh, beat OUs back on the, the boards this week. I thought that was a great touch. Well, now that we've got everybody's blood pumping on how badass this week's going to be, let's talk about last weekend and and what happened with both of these teams coming up into uh, both are undefeated Big 12 because they both had W's last week. Yep. But let's go through those W's. Yeah, so Kansas, uh, Texas went to Kansas State, our, uh, had won there since 2002. It was ugly, but we went home a winner. So... Much like picking up a fat chick at 2 a.m., you know, we still won. So, uh, the, <laughs> the, uh, so there's, there's been a lot of fat chicks in your no, life? No, not really. But, um, you know, if you gotta, you know, you gotta go ugly at two. But the, uh, the, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the fact we got out of there with a win is just, is just great, you know, uh, and we, they re- really limited us the number of – we only had like seven possessions the entire game. So uh, the amount of times we scored was low. But I think if we had gone up-tempo and, and tried to you know score a few more times, we could have. 
I think Tom uh, Herman was just happy with, you know, running out the clock as much as possible. So we wanted to run out the clock. They wanted to run out the clock and we all ran out the clock. And so it was a low scoring affair. I never, I never felt like we were going to lose after we got up, you know, we scored the first touchdown. I thought, okay, we're going to win. You know, there was never, uh, you know, the second half got a little dicey, but you know, for the second week in a row, we get the ball with four or five minutes left and we jam it down the other team's fucking throat and run the clock out. And I, uh, yeah. And you know, the, the run offense from Texas, I really do think that that's going to be a major storyline we're going to hear on Saturday because game day is going to be at the stadium, making their picks, having their guest pickers. But the, I think the, the narrative here is we saw a, a Texas offense that is still executing with minimal mistakes. They're getting in scoring position a, a lot more often than the final scoreboard yeah, indicated. No, right? I mean, there was no three and outs. You know, that was the bane of our existence last year. All the three and outs that would then make the defense tired. This year, we just don't have three and outs. We're, we're driving the ball every time we get it for at least 20 or 30 yards, you know. Yeah, and I really see the the Texas run game. They're they're starting to really gain some confidence in yeah. that, and then the line play is is starting to be dynamic between run and pass, and then you, you've got the run pass yeah. option that is coming into play now. So I do think that there's plenty of looks going yeah. on for Texas. Yeah, going and then into compared this to game. last year where we had, um, we didn't have Ingram where we have Ingram this year, and then. Uh, Sam has matured a lot. And then the m- number one thing, though, is offensive line is exponentially better than last year. So we're able to run and pass much more effectively. And I think we're going to be able to score. You know, uh, Mike Stoops' defense is just not all that. And yeah, Swiss cheese. They have no run defense almost. I mean, TCU at least had a run defense, and, and we saw what happened in that TCU game, wearing them down. TCU's defense is the best one we'll probably face the entire year, and we were able to score on them. So I think OU is probably a step down. They do have athletes, um, but I don't think they have a, the scheme, and I think they're very susceptible to uh, long passes. They, their defense has always been susceptible to long passes, and I think that one of the keys to the game is Sam's going to have to hit a few of those long bombs over the middle um, for us to get some quick strikes. Yeah. I I do know that um, even though the K state game wasn't a huge blowout win away, it was still a huge win for going into Manhattan, a place that everybody knew uh, their players knew they were even acting like it's our house uh, at the beginning, not given any of the field to practice on (laughs) uh, and almost getting into some fights and stuff. But so much so that that they can come in at home, feel that cocky, and then Texas come in and and, and really take that game. It was never really out of the question that Texas was going to win, especially going into that second half. But it it was a good showing overall. And you you compare that to especially the first half. Texas came in uh, real strong in that first half. And you you compare that directly to uh, OU and playing yeah. Baylor, and and the first half of that game was I was flipping back and forth, um, and they just didn't look that great against Baylor. Baylor was keeping it fairly close, right? I mean, they were always within striking distance. It's Baylor fourteen six after the first quarter, and uh, only twenty eight 
nine after at halftime. So Baylor's still in the game at halftime, which is they shouldn't be, you know. <laughs> so you, yeah, not at all. And then scoring thirty three points total, which just, I mean, sure, oh, you might have been subbing in in the second half, but you know, still there's a little bit should be a little bit of pride in the second third stringers to against Baylor. You know, thirty. Yeah, it's Baylor. Yeah, it's Baylor. It's, this isn't. This isn't our bar, Bryles Baylor. No, this this is, is just. This is back to dumpster fire, nasty, nasty football. Yeah, Baylor. You know what? Fifty or sixty scholarship players there right now. I mean, this is dumpster fire, Baylor. And to end up giving up thirty three points is just atrocious. You know, so I think you know. You look at the Army game. You look at this game. I think. I think we can score some points against this OU defense and. uh I think they're going to score a bunch of points against us. Uh, the but I think I think we can we can get some stops and hopefully we can. Well, you know, I've heard some gooners talking shit saying that uh, you know the the Mike Stoops isn't all that bad. The offense is just so good that the defense is always on the field, so they're tired, and that's why they get scored uh, on. Uh, I'm not convinced. I think they just yeah, suck. We'll see. We'll see what happens. So. Uh, so the thing that I love about Texas OU Week, my favorite thing in the whole world, of course, is the uh, MS Paint uh, thread of dominance. Um, you know, for ten years now, that thread has just absolutely been the greatest thing ever, and it has attracted more people to the board than anything else. I mean, you look at the at, at Shaggy, you look at the stats for where did where did links from outside of Shaggy come to come from and come to. And it was always that thread. I mean, that and that to me is just the best thread in the best week of the year. And then we've kind of branched off, and we've uh, always had that. You know, Bob Stoops hates puppies. Now we got Lincoln Riley hates puppies. What's your favorite? Clubs puppies and hates America. <laughs> Wasn't it hates Jesus? I thought Bob Stoops hated Jesus, but uh, oh, Bob Stoops does hate Jesus. He still does. He didn't stop. Yes. Yeah, so, so what? What's your favorite uh, line from the Lincoln Riley? Uh, so uh, my favorite line from the Lincoln Riley thread is definitely Lincoln Riley does not keep groom bachelor party escapades a secret and tells the bride everything. <laughs> <laughs> and that that was courtesy wow. of Roll Left post number one seventy four in that thread. Oh man! So mine is uh, Lincoln Riley thinks Kevin Morgan is a swell guy. <laughs> Uh, so, That's horrible. Oh, yeah. Man. So, but that thread, yeah. If you haven't yet, you should definitely read through that thread. It's just one line of post, so four pages isn't that really that long and that much you're reading. But that's really a great, great thread. So, uh, I'm going to start with an OU story, and then I'll let you you do an OU story. But I think my favorite story from OU and my hatred of OU is was from about, I think it was 2000 or 2000, between 2000 and 2003, I don't remember which one. It was one of the blowouts and it was rainy and it was cloudy and just an overall shitty day. And so it was cold and rainy. We lost, we got killed. And I'm driving away from the Cotton Bowl in my uh, Tahoe with uh, my date. And we come to a stoplight. We, we were past I-30, we're driving through downtown and we're like two or three miles from the stadium. And I come to a red light in the middle of downtown and I look over and there's this family of Sooners, mom, dad, 12 or 13 year old boy, eight or nine year old girl. And they're all, all have signs and are doing horns down and screaming at me. 
because I'm obviously wearing orange in my truck. And so I turn around, I have my golf bag right behind the seat. I have a seat folded down, grab my two iron, open my door, and I'm about to brain a fucking Sooner and his family and uh, with my two iron. The hatred, the hatred is real. I can feel it. And, and the girl I was with grabs my arm and she's like, don't do it. You're going to go to jail. You're going to kill him. And, and so I finally, I, I had one, one boot on the ground and was about to go kill some Sooners. And she, she grabbed me as hard as she could and pulled me back in the truck. But I was just ready to kill those fuckers. I mean, why, why in the world would you go stand in the middle of a corner in downtown Dallas doing horns down and screaming at, all the Texas fans driving away from the stadium. It was raining. It was cold. Only, only a bunch of gooners. A bunch of fucking gooners. Yeah. So that's my, I think my favorite hatred story. What's, what's your, your good story? Oh, Matt. Oh man. I've got uh, a lot of, of hatred stories, but I mean, one of my favorites was actually whenever I was with you and your nephew, where it was his first OU. Uh-huh. And we were actually <laughs> in line uh, to get some funnel cakes or whatever delicious fried food at the State Fair of Texas uh, in the great state of Texas, not Oklahoma. And uh, we had some sooner in front of us just decide to turn around and tart, start talking a bunch of smack. And I just kind of looked at you and then I looked at your nephew and then I told them to to shut the fuck up, you sooner fuck, before I mushroom stamp you. <laughs> <laughs> and your nephew's jaw just dropped all the way to, to the, the ground. And you just kind of looked and you were like, this is, this is the game. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's just, uh, there, there's such a... a I don't even know if if hate is the right word even. There's just such a a clear disdain for each other that goes, you know, well beyond this week, but all this week it's just some of the best stuff where um I work with a, a couple of guys that went to OU and I often don't interact with them because we're a fully remote company. But you better believe this week I message them on Slack <laughs> every day. Talking a little bit of smack, talking a little bit of that shit, telling them that uh, I hope that their cousin slash mom is okay. <laughs> nice. So, um, <laughs> so during the uh, during the game, you know the the game and the atmosphere of the game is just so so different and so unique. And some of my favorite memories include there was a time I think it was either 98 or 99 and it was uh, major apple white and we had the ball in the one yard line in the OU end and the entire OU section is just going crazy. And then uh, major throws a pass out in the flat to uh, God damn, I'm going to forget his name. And, and he catches it, breaks a couple tackles and ends up going 99 yards and the entire OU section just sits down and the entire UT section just stands up. And it was the most, you know, the, the biggest switch in momentum and just the biggest change in attitude uh, that I, I can ever remember in the game where it's just, 
you know, them going crazy to us going crazy in a matter of literally seconds. Um, yeah, and it's just moments like that that over the last you know, hundred years, the, the the this game has just had moment after moment after moment. There's another thread on Surly, uh, just talking about you know the best moments, and and you can see people through the generations that have been going to this game as their annual tradition for decades, and just seeing at what everybody's favorite moments yeah. has been. Uh, now that YouTube's yeah. around where we can go and see those highlights has been you know, just awesome for, for getting you pumped up, for remembering all the good times, for remembering all the bad times, and, and just remembering why this game is so special. Yeah. Um, and then 99 was the – there's a great uh, thread, an article about how Mike Leach um, dropped a fake uh, um, plan, game plan. Have you read that article? I'm no, I haven't so, seen that. So he dropped a fake game plan, um, and one of the assistant coaches picked it up, gave it to Carl Reese, our defensive coordinator, and OU scores in like three plays, ends up being up 17 nothing, like three minutes into the game. And that game, I tried to get a taxi to the game, and we couldn't get one, and uh, we ended up having to drive like really late. So by the time we got to our seats, it was 17 nothing. Um, Texas ended up winning 38-28. Uh, uh, but the, the greatest play from that game, we were on the front row, like right at the corner of the end zone. And there was a play where uh, one of the midget Sooner running backs like came around the end. They were on about the one-yard line. He came around the end, and then uh, the cornerback or safety, whoever, made him turn back inside. And it was either Casey Hampton or Sean Rogers, and one of our big defensive tackles was running down the line and just picked them up. And the look on his eyes of, oh shit, and picked them up and then body slammed and laid on top of them. And just, you could hear the air just come out of his lungs as he laid there for another minute, you know, trying to get his breath back. And there's very few stadiums that you're really this close, or you could be that close to the game where. They've changed the setup a little bit, but at that point in '98, uh, the the uh, the stands and the corners of the end zone were literally like two yards from the end of the end zone. Yeah, and I mean, what an amazing play to witness yeah. just live because that is one of those videos that's posted in that thread that I was just right. talking about yeah. over and yeah. over and over. And again. then, and then you know, there's the painful moments of you know some of the the Charlie Brown <laughs> or <laughs> not not Charlie. Charlie Strong uh, era where we're uh, arm tackling uh -huh. and just letting OU yeah. through and, and just the heartbreak felt from some of those games where you just feel so much shame for, you know, plays that usually would just be kind yeah. of face palmy. You just feel shame yeah. for, for days after. My favorite memory from Texas OU is from 2005. So 2005, our national championship year, you know, we've lost OU X years in a row, what, five, six years in a row. We've gotten destroyed, you know, three or four out of those five years. And we come in and we're supposed to destroy OU. And the first half is just kind of meh. And we, we score a few points. They score a few points. And it's just running through everybody on Texas, Texas side of the stadium. is just like, oh, fuck, not again. Are we going to fucking lose to these stupid fucks, you know? And... 
And then like one play at the end of the half, and we're about the 50 yard line and um, we run a play. We start running a play. We get called for a legal procedure. Um, they go back to the huddle. Oh, you saw what we were doing. And the offensive linemen are telling Vince, Hey, they know what we're going to run. And Vince says, fuck it. We're running it anyway. And they run it again, the same play. Billy Pittman gets wide open. They all bite on a crossing route uh, and they throw it, throw it deep to Pittman. Pittman scores. And it's still one of my favorite pictures ever as Billy Pittman going to the end zone with his horns up and everybody behind him, just all, all jumping up and screaming and yelling. Uh, that's probably my favorite all time Texas OU moment. So speaking of 50 yard line, uh, I don't remember how I even happened into these tickets, but it was the year after Thujone made uh-huh. the now infamous shirts of Oklahoma eating a dick. <laughs> and I thought it would be great to wear that shirt at the split of where Texas fans meet OU fans in the hell zone. And obviously that game, I don't think that was an 11 a.m. start. I think that was a 2.30 start. And the reason that they don't do 2.30 starts is probably because of shit like this, where I was pretty much brown out drunk by the time we get (laughs) up to our seats and the game is kicking off. And, you know, the first half of the game is it doesn't even matter what was going on in the game because it was just back and forth. Uh, me running up and down the stands at the 50-yard line at the request of the Texas fans, uh, just showing everybody who would look at, at the shirt and, you know, got a lot of fuck yous and uh, got a lot of shit thrown at me by the OU fans, but it was totally worth it. And that was like one of the greatest game day experiences ever, just being in that zone where you're surrounded by kind of a blur of that crimson and that burnt orange uh, coming together in, in just a swirl of, of hatred. And there's so many emotions that just go back and forth uh, at, at a game like that. And, and it's just w- truly one of the, the greatest things to experience uh, in person. So if you haven't ever been to the game, uh, I would highly recommend going and, and you know try and get in the stadium if you can. But even if you can't, um, there's some viewing areas outside that you can go and watch the game, uh, you know, get your six ticket beers, load up on those and, and just double fist and have your wax cup uh, wizard staff and and watch those games outside. And, and you, you hear cheers, but you don't know which side's cheering. And then something happens on the big screen they have outside and, and you either feel extreme elation or, you know, extreme depression. And it, it's just a truly special place. So, uh, Friday night, we're going to have a happy hour at is it, uh, Lee Harvey's, Lee Harvey's, Lee Harvey's. Uh, just south of downtown. And then it is the 11th God, year that wow. we've done this. That's hard to believe. Yeah. Let that sink wow. in. Um, yeah. What time are you getting there? Uh, we're doing 6 p.m. on Friday. Okay. First $500 is, is on Surly and, and the mods and the staff. So come enjoy a beer. You don't have to stay late. I don't think that we have the cheer uh, girls coming, the Palm Squad. But 
we could be pleasantly surprised. With the whole the Me Too movement, I don't think that's really a great idea. In uh, but you know, the uh, <laughs> well, I'll try to make it. I'm I'm playing golf up in North Dallas uh, in the afternoon, and I'll try to brave the traffic and come down. I don't know what time I'll be there though, uh, and I'm going to have to get a couple of drinks after golf. But I'll try to be down there by six or seven, um, and then. Day of the game, uh, we usually go to the the big food um, pavilion, and there's a chili parlor in the in the food pavilion that we usually sit and drink beer in front of. They got Coors Light, Shiner, Bud Light on tap, and there's also a bunch of you know for you highbrow beer snobs like like you on back. There's also uh, some nice beers around as well. Yeah, there's craft, craft beer stands, stands. but. You know, for the those of us who have refined tastes of like Coors Light, it, it's right there. So, yeah, it's for everybody. So, speaking of food, real quick, um, what what is some of your favorite food to grab while you're at the fair in the in the last co- you know couple decades, three decades that you've been going? So, there's probably it's between uh, turkey legs, all time, all time favorite, uh, funnel cakes. And then corny dogs. I mean, those three are probably 50% of what I've eaten at the fair over the last 20 years. You know, I'm, I'm a huge fan of the newfangled fried Oreos. <laughs> they really are pretty goddamn I'm going to have to have one of those this year. Oh, uh, go, let me go back to the heart of things. But turkey leg is classic. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a classic choice. Yeah, I love those. You feel like a, like a Viking or something walking around eating that, you know, so... Have you ever been cut off at the fair? I have not, but I'm not quite the the drinker that some other people are. The uh, I would say last year was the drunkest I've been in several years. Um, but back back in the day, you know, there there were a couple times that I had a hard time getting to, getting to my seat, but uh, I've never been <laughs> cut off. So. Oh man, I I got cut off by this one very very nice Mexican lady, uh, and then I immediately uh, just turned around and then came back as soon as she went to go fill somebody <laughs> else's beer, and the other nice Mexican lady gave me uh, another two beers. But then after that, word had definitely spread around, uh, at least at that beer stand that I that I was cut off and. You know, I, I have to agree that once you've got about eight cups in both hands on your your double fisting wizard staff, it's probably yeah. time to yeah. stop. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, you got any uh, predictions for the game? Oh man. So, I do think that uh, it, it the for me at least the narrative of this game is going to be the the OU offense and the you know the fighting Kyler Murray's against uh Texas and the Texas defense and and how many stops they can make um while the offense really just manages the game milks the clock uh runs the ball down their throat because OU's proven that they really don't have much of a, a defense period, but really their run defense is extremely suspect. So if Texas can have some success running the ball and with game clock management and just taking points where they're available, uh, no missed kicks, uh, touchdowns when they're inside the, the 20 things like that. I think Texas, uh, comes out, uh, 
a winner because that that's really what the, the narrative is going to be. I, I have a supreme confidence in, in Texas's ability on defense to make the, the Sooners uh, look pretty bad and, and not really want to play and maybe give up in the second half. Yeah, I would, uh, I would agree with almost all of that. I think uh, there's going to be um, some scoring early. And then I think as the game goes on, we're going to wear them down and we're going to score and they're going to have a hard time scoring. I think um, our defense is going to, you know, hold serve a few times. I think our offense is going to, you know, score some points. I think, I mean, I'm, I'm seeing a, a, you know, something similar to TCU where it's tight and uh, maybe even OU has a lead for a bit. And then just as the game goes on, we get stronger and um, score a few touchdowns in the second half and they're not able to come back. And so I'm thinking, you know, 30, 30 something, 20 something uh, Texas win is what I'm predicting. Okay. Yeah. So I've I'm in the the game prediction thread officially as Texas sixty three, Gooner fucks zero. That would be sweet. So that would be nice. That would be sweet, sweet all revenge. Those old shitty games in the early two thousands. All right. Anything else? I'm Mac. Are we gonna call it a call it a podcast? No, I think we gotta just say a couple things like uh, "fuck OU" and "OU sucks." OU sucks and fuck OU. I agree, one hundred percent. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, donators. I hope everybody's liking the tree fitty badges. All right, thanks.